I wish the music would keep playing. Success can be defined as the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. The attainment of fame or wealth or social status, one dictionary put it. Another dictionary said, a person or thing that achieves desired aims or attains fame, wealth, or etc., Another general definition of success has been given for us as the good or bad outcome of an undertaking. Hmm. Another definition I found was fulfilling your personal desire to accomplish something. That's the world's definition. Hopefully in a few minutes, we'll see if we can come up with a biblical definition and see if they line up. Bow with me in prayer. God, it's for your honor and your glory we find ourselves here this morning wanting to know you better, seeking you, seeking your face as it were, to make certain that we line ourselves up with you and your word. And Father, in the midst of busy schedules, packed weekends, dinner plans, etc., we ask, O oh God, that you would settle our hearts. Settle my heart, O oh God. Cause us, teach us, bend our hearts towards you like only you can. Oh God, take now the words of our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable, make them acceptable to you. Oh God, we pray in Jesus' name. Success. Everybody wants to be a success. If we did a poll this morning and asked if anybody would love to be considered a failure, no one would raise their hands. Well, let me just say that in general. N none of us, we all wake up uh, every day and we get out hoping to be successful, hoping to succeed in one form, shape, or another. For students, it might be that dreaded math test, or history, or language, or you fill in the blank. For others of us, still keeping with young people for a minute, I might want to be successful at just doing what my parents asked me to do so they don't get on my case later on today. That would be a success. Certainly in my world back then, I would have considered that being successful. Anything to avoid mama's whooping. That was a success. Well, we all want to be successful. Uh, on the soccer field, on the basketball court, 
uh, arm wrestling at Nintendo. We all want to be a success. For us grown-ups, it gets a little bit more intense, doesn't it? I want to be successful at my job. I want to be a successful parent, a successful grandparent. I want to be a success at whatever it is I do, whatever God has given me to do. Listen to a couple of quotations that I, I kind of scrounged up uh, this, 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 uh, in preparation for uh, today. Uh, here's how one famous person wrote his definition of success. He said, in order to succeed, your desire for success should be greater than your fear of failure. That sounds nice, doesn't it? That was uh, Bill Cosby who, who said that. One of my favorites, listen to what he said. He says, always be yourself. Express yourself. Have faith in yourself. Do not go out and look for a successful personality and duplicate it. That was by Bruce Lee. Here's what Michael Jordan said. Michael Jordan said, he says, I've failed over and over and over again in my life. And that is why I succeed. It's got a nice catchy ring to it, doesn't it? Especially if we like Michael Jordan. Oh, those of you who are going to be watching your fantasy football and watching the, the games this afternoon, here's what Mr. Vince Lombardi said. He said, the difference between a successful person and others is not to lack, is not a lack of strength. It's not a lack of knowledge, but rather a lack of will. Way to go, Mr. Lombard. Here's what this person said. He says, don't aim for success if you want it. Just do what you love and believe in, and it will come naturally. And finally, oh, that was David Frost. I couldn't figure out who he was. I think he's someone in literature or something. British? Okay. Abe Lincoln, finally, he says, always bear in mind that your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other. Everyone's got their definition of what success is. If we gave you a piece of paper and a pencil to write down your definition of success, it may sound similar as to what we articulated just a few seconds ago. But I'd like us to take a look at what God's Word has to say about being successful. But let me set you up some. There was this man by the name of Abram, who God called. He was pagan, didn't know of uh, God. He, in his practice, in his uh, walk, in his culture, there were many gods. Abram is called, and God says to Abram, Abram, I want you to go to the land I'm going to show you. To make a long story short, Abram packs up everything, and he goes. By the way, he took his, his nephew Lot with him, but to save time, Abram finally ends up in this 
land. God promised him he would give him a land. He would give him uh, uh, blessings. He would make a nation uh, out of him, out of descendants. And God was faithful to 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 keeping Abraham and, and showing Abraham the big picture. Abraham dies. He passes, God passes this promise on to his son Isaac. Isaac in turn uh, passes, well, Isaac dies and, and the promise is now passed on to Jacob. And Jacob uh, 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 Jacob has 12 sons. Those 12 sons and Jacob, they find themselves in Egypt. I'm giving you the Hollywood version. We're leaving a lot out, aren't we? They end up in Egypt and for 400 years in slavery. It seems as if the promise may have been forgotten. And along comes Moses. God calls Moses and he says, Moses, it's time. I want you to go to Egypt. I want you to tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And if you if you read it, uh, in its entirety, you see this beautiful uh, uh, rendition. You see this beautiful episode unfolding where God takes a bucket load of people called the nation of Israel out of Egypt, calls them to himself. And Moses has this distinguished privilege of leading the children of Israel for 40 years. Well, Abram died. Isaac died, Jacob died, Moses died. And Joshua chapter 1 opens up. Turn there, if you would, with me to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua is now the new leader of Israel. I'll read the first nine verses for you. And it is such a good feeling. It's such a good sound to hear those pages turning. I know we in the technology area, but it's also good to see those fingers going across as well. Whatever you got, turn there. Joshua chapter 1. It says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise. Cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory." No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. 
Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So here's jo uh, Joshua. I always want to call him Joseph. Here's Joshua now, the new leader of Israel. He's had a distinguished predecessor by way of Moses. Joshua has seen what Moses had to go through. Joshua has also seen the trouble a nation like Israel could cause. It's not every day that the ground opens up and swallow a couple of thousand because of grumbling and groaning. That was Israel's history. It's not every day that, as a matter of fact, uh, over in Deuteronomy, where we're studying uh, over at Telios on Tuesday night, we've seen there where Moses says to the children of Israel, it's because of you that I'm not going into the promised land. Joshua would have seen all of this. And so now God is telling Joshua, Joshua, get up in verse 2, arise, cross this Jordan, all you and all these people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. And listen to what God says. Here's the promise. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. And look at the, that phrase, to what extent? Just as I spoke to Moses. What comfort would that phrase have been for Joshua? Did Joshua at any point in his travels, in his journey, hear God speak to Moses? Shake your heads with me. Yes, indeed. As a matter of fact, back in Exodus chapter 33, listen to what Exodus 33 verse 11 says. Exodus 33 11 says, Thus the Lord spoke used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from, from his tent. Joshua would have seen, Joshua would have heard God speaking to Moses. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, I want you now to get up, take yourself and the people with you, Take them over into the land that I promised. This was a promise, Joshua, that I promised way back when to Abraham. And I'm now fulfilling it, and I'm going to use you to do it, Joshua. Verse 4, God tells Joshua exactly what the title to that deed would look like. Boy, if Israel was to... Anyway. Verse 4. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. So here's God affirming to Joshua, Joshua, for this time I've called you. Here's what I want you to do. Just as I spoke to Moses, I'm going to speak with you. I'm going to speak to you. Look at verse 5. Another promise God makes to Joshua. God says, no man will be able to stand before you. That's Joshua. All the days of your life. Listen to what God says. 
just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. What a promise. Now you would think Joshua has gotten it at this point. You would think Joshua's like, let's go. Let's go take him. So God says, just as I've spoken to Moses, I'm going to speak to you. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. Should that be enough confidence for, for, for Joshua? Some of you are saying, some of you are saying, well, if God spoke to me like that, and if God said he's going to be like me, be with me like that, man, let's go. Let's go take on the world. Stay tuned. No man will be able to stand before you in verse 5. All the days of your life, just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Oh, it gets even better. So God says, I'm going to... I'm going to speak to you the same way I spoke to Moses. I'm going to be with you the same way I've been with Moses. I will not fail you. I won't forsake you. Anybody ready to go? <laughs> Some of you are trying to figure out, well, what on earth does this have to do with being successful? I don't know. Because see, the world's definition of success, I'm not sure if it's going to line up with So God says to Joshua, after all of those promises, I'm going to be with you, I'm going to speak with you, I won't forsake you, I will not fail you. Then God says to Joshua in verse 6, be strong and courageous. As a matter of fact, it comes more as a, as a, as a command. God says, be strong and courageous. Verse 7, God says it again to Joshua, only be strong and very courageous. And then in verse 9, God says it to him again. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. And what? Three times. Can, can, you, feel, can you feel Joshua's situation? Here, here it is. Uh, 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 Israel has been led lo these 40 years under the distinguished patronage of Moses. How on earth am I going to lead these people like Moses did? Do you remember Moses when God called him? Moses, remember the burning bush? God tells uh, Moses he's going to send him to Pharaoh and all of a sudden Moses got Abba, 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 Abba. But, 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 as a matter of fact, his but, 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 almost got him killed. And now God has this wonderful, it's almost as if you, know, you could, if you could, if you could put yourself in God's mind, it's almost as if God's saying, where have I seen this scene before? Oh yeah, that's right, Moses. Be strong, Joshua. Be strong and courageous. Take this people, you and yourself, everywhere your foot treads, Joshua, I've given it to you. Anybody ready to go? Stay tuned. Stay tuned. What 
was going to be the basis for Joshua's success. It seems as if God had made it all possible for him. It seemed as if God had given Joshua, so to speak, the sweetest softball pitch. And all he had to do was sit in there and just wait on it. It seems as if Joshua had it made in the shade. Easy peasy. I won't say the rest. What was going to be the basis for Joshua being successful? Was it just because God had said? Was there any responsibility on Joshua's part? Or do we take a quote from uh, Mr. Cosby or Bruce Lee or Vince Lombardi or one of those and, and add it to our arsenal and, 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 and if, I, if I go to enough uh, feel good about myself seminars, then I'll be a good leader. <laughs> uh, well, I don't even know if they had those back then. Uh, what would it take for Joshua to be successful as God had prescribed for him? I think the text will tell us. Not I think, I know, I'm convinced the text will tell us. Let's look a little closely at verse 6. God tells Joshua, be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. There's another promise. God is simply reaffirming to Joshua. He says, Joshua, you're my man. I promised to Abraham. I promised to Isaac. I promised to Jacob. I promised to the children of Israel. Now it's going to come about and you're going to be my man to make it happen. Go and do it. Be strong. Be courageous. Do it exactly as I tell you to do it. Joshua, and you'll do fine. Verse 7. Only be strong and very courageous, Joshua. Hold on to your seats. Because here is what I believe is God's definition of biblical success. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Let's stop there. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Joshua, I've been preparing you all along. Remember them 40 years tripping around, kicking rock in the desert? What was Moses doing with Joshua? Training him, teaching him, showing him, instructing him, commanding him. There were things Joshua saw that the children of Israel would never get to see. You remember that scene in, 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 um, in Exodus where, 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 where God and Moses has a conversation and God, Moses says to, to God, God, show me your glory. And, 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 and God tucks Moses in the cleft of the rock. Do you know who was there? Go back and read it. You'll be pleasantly surprised. Joshua. Can you imagine Joshua? Oh, please, Moses, back over. Let me see. Let me see. No, no, boy, it doesn't kill you. So Moses has been preparing him for the time such as this. And God says to Joshua, Joshua, be strong, be courageous. Lead my people. Do, be careful to do 
according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Now listen to what God says to Moses. Sorry, listen to what God says to Joshua. Do not turn. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. Be careful to observe. That's what to do means. Be careful to observe. Uh, 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 um, Anton, I keep turning to this. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Observe. To do. It has to do with obedience. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left. And here's the reason why. Is it up there? So that you may have success wherever you go. Oh, wow. Joshua, you want to be successful? Do what? Observe my law. Observe the law that Moses, my servant, has commanded you. Stay with me. Verse 8. God goes on and he further explains to Joshua. God says to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Joshua, observe my laws. Obey my laws. Don't let it depart. Don't turn to the right or to the left. There's a scene in Exodus where scripture, there's a key repeated phrase in Exodus where, where scripture says, and Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded. And Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded. All through Exodus, and Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded. God said to Moses, Moses, I want you to build me a tabernacle, a dwelling place where I can be with my people. And scripture says, and Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded. And if you look at the end of Exodus, something incredibly wonderful happened. Because Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded, Scripture says that the glory of the Lord came out of heaven and rested on the tabernacle. Wow. And all of Israel was able to see it. Now, what if Moses had said, you know, God, I was thinking, I was watching a little bit of HGTV and, you know, for aesthetic purposes, I don't know if we should put the altar there. You know, I think we should, you know, too much smoke and burning and meetings. What if we put the altar in the back would God have been pleased with it? Would God's glory have come down and rested on it? No, no. When Moses did exactly as the Lord commanded. Stay with me. Joshua, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let me stop beating around the bush. I think you may have figured it out already. But until you and I are able to see God's definition of what success is, we are not going to be successful. So what does this success mean? It simply means to act wisely. Yeah, 
uh, it's kind of deflating. I will be honest with you. When I was reading it and preparing over the last couple of days, I'm like, oh yeah. When I thought about success, ka-ching, ka-ching, money. If, if, if I follow the law, if I, if I meditate on God's word, boy, God's going to bless me with a lot of money. Yeah, I know. Some of y'all were thinking the same thing. Uh, if I follow the law, it, well, this doesn't have anything to do with us. If Joshua follows the law, he's going to be successful. He's going to be the number one guy in the Old Testament. First of all, let's, let's remind ourselves a couple of things. As God was with Moses, he promised Joshua, I will be with you. The same way God spoke to Moses, God says to Joshua, I will speak to you. It's interesting, God makes the same promise to Solomon through his daddy David. Over there in First Chronicles, uh, 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 I will not forsake you, I will not fail you. But, but stay with me, turn over to Hebrews chapter 13. Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 13. Listen to what Hebrews 13 says. Hebrews chapter 13. One of the things that, that, that tickles me most is, especially when we're studying Old Testament passages, we tend to, we tend to, uh, to pull ourselves out, out of the picture. But listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 and 6, uh, the writer says, Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have, for he himself, he, God himself, has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So that we confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? Does that sound like the same promise God made to Joshua? That I won't forsake you, I won't fail you? I think so. So God makes these promises to Joshua. But what does it have to do with you and I? God says in, in, in verse 7, he says, only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. So that you will have success. So that you will be able to act wisely. So that you will be able to walk circumspectly wherever, wherever you go. Do you ever get afraid? Let me not Let me make the statement this way. I get scared a lot. There are a lot of things that frighten me. If any of you were here Friday night, uh, when our dear brother Brian Marie uh, shared about the VAT, yeah, I got scared. Um, uh, on one hand, I wanted to just break off running, but the question is, where do you run? Um, uh, and, and then on one hand, I wanted to scream, but I kind of looked around at people's faces and I figured they wanted to scream too. Well, 
So what do you do? Is there any way in scripture that, that would bring me encouragement and peace in, in the midst of this challenge? In my marriage, uh, uh, in, in my rearing of children, in my in my day-to-day activities, what comfort does Joshua chapter one bring me? You know, it's a scary time. I'll just be honest. Maybe I should have checked with Mona Lisa before I say this, but I'll go out on a limb. You look at Mona Lisa and you see that pretty smile. And uh, you look at my marriage and you say, boy, Patrick and Mona Lisa, boy, they got it going on. Every once in a while, Mona Lisa and I have a disagreement. Once in a while. It's scary because you're saying, God, are we going to ever make it through this disagreement? You ever been there? No, don't raise your hand. I'll, on behalf of everyone here, I'll raise my hand. And what do you do? The same way God told Joshua, be strong and very courageous. I won't fail you. I won't forsake you. Ladies and gentlemen, the same promises for us. But guess what? It hinges with us being on in the Word of God. God demands courage from us in this Christian walk. But this courage, ladies and gentlemen, is supplied with you and I, by you and I being grounded in the Word of God. As a matter of fact, God says to Joshua, He says, He says in verse 8, uh, where is it? He says, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it. The, the, the idea behind meditation isn't, um, no. As a matter of fact, this meditation has to do with, every once in a while I get to catch National Geographic. I love to watch these predatory animals go after the prey. I mean, and they get to go, and you should see it when they got in slow motion. I mean, spit going out his mouth. He's salivating. And, and whatever it is he's going after, he's just sweating buckets like, please don't catch me, please don't catch me. But the predatory animal catches him. And all of everybody, if you, if, 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 if everybody feels sad for the, for the prey, right? No. But that lion sitting on top of that thing he's caught. And he growls over it. He's chewing on it. And as he growls, he's telling everyone on the plains, the Serengeti plains or wherever he is, don't you mess with me right now because I'm eating. That's the idea here behind, behind meditating. He's, he's sitting there, he's happy, and he's Okay, you're not happy with that definition of meditation. Ah, uh, that's, that's kind of gross, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> well, here's another gross one then. Um, the cow. I discovered that they got two bellies. I'm being reliably informed here, they got five. 
Whatever the case may be, I only got one. But guess what the cow does? He'll, in the mornings, he'll chew, 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 chew. And then, I don't know if it's a chemical thing that's released, he does this. Brings it up again. And he chews it some way. I'm sorry I messed up your Sunday plans. He chews it again. And if he's got five tummies, Brother Paul, good night. Soup. That's meditating. That's meditating on God's word. And, and here's what we do. Here's what we do. Uh, oh, wow, six o'clock. I better spend some time in the word before I jump in the shower. <laughs> okay, good. Check in the shower. And the day takes off. We get them breakfast, we slam them in the car, and we get in traffic. And then we get abused by the news. Well, this one got stabbed, this one got killed, the police is looking for this one, this one house burned down, yada, 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 yada. And we go through the whole day. Void of God, at least technically. And meditating here, according to this recipe, this definition that God is giving Joshua, he says, have your thoughts of me all through the day. You can't have those thoughts of God all through the day if you never spend time with him. Listen to what Hosea says. What time is it? Three o'clock. Good night. It's three o'clock already. Here we go. Listen to what Hosea says. Hosea, Hosea chapter four. And, and, and I oftentimes hear this, hear this thing. And Nathan, I think I'm losing weight. This thing keeps dropping, dropping off my ears. Listen, oftentimes we get this passage here misquoted. It's, it's the passage that says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And oftentimes we refer to them people. But listen, this is God's people. Hosea chapter 4 verse 1 says, Listen to the word of the Lord, O sons of Israel. For the Lord has a case against the inhabitants of the land, because there is no faithfulness. No kindness, listen to this, or knowledge of God. There is swearing, deception, murder, stealing, adultery. They employ violence so that bloodshed follows bloodshed. Sounds like modern day Nassau. Therefore the land mourns and everyone who lives in it languishes. Listen to verse 6. And then God says, my people, you, my people are being destroyed because they don't know me. And how on earth, how on earth, ladies and gentlemen, can we expect to be successful in anyone's eyes if we neglect God? If we neglect to spend time in His Word? The, the, the word success here, to be more accurately in the Hebrew, means simply to be prudent, to, to, to be to be, to be wise or to act wisely. I want you to look up a couple of these passages. Uh, if I can find it here in my notes. Uh, listen to 1 Samuel chapter 18. Listen to what scripture says of David. Y'all going to love this. 1 Samuel chapter 18 verse 5 says, So David went out wherever Saul sent him and prospered. That's the same word for success. 
And Saul set David over the men of war. And it was pleasing in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Drop down to verse 15. When Saul saw that he, David, was prospering, same word for success. When Saul saw that he was prospering greatly, now look at what happened. Saul dreaded David. Drop down to verse 30. Then the commanders of the Philistines went out to battle. And it happened as often as they went out that David, listen to this, behaved himself more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So his name was highly esteemed. David found biblical success because he knew the Lord. And God was saying to Joshua, Joshua, you want to be successful? Do what? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but on it you shall meditate day and night. Don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. You follow it just as I say. You know what happened to Eve and Adam? Did God really say? And all of a sudden, well, well, I don't know. I don't know. Did God really say? And Satan still employs that tactic to us today. Or on us. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 35. Proverbs, where is Proverbs? Proverbs chapter 14, verse 35. Listen to what Proverbs says. It says, the king's favor is towards a servant who does what? Who acts wisely. There's the word for success again. But his anger is toward him who acts shamefully. And we could go on and on and on, but we don't have time to, to, to do that. But let me, let me reiterate, God demands courage from each and every one of us. But this courage is supplied. This courage is fed. This courage is, is given the oath that it needs by you and I being in the Word of God. That was going to be the thing to determine Joshua's success. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Joshua, read the book. Obey what you read in the book. Meditate on it day and night. Now, let me just give a caution here. Don't go to work tomorrow. You show up to the man, wake with your Bible under your arm. At 8.30 on time. You open your Bible and you put it on your desk. Don't say anything to me yet. <laughs> What's going to happen to you? I can, I can guarantee you, you can get fired. That's not what this passage is telling us to do. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if we read the book, it'll, it'll teach us how to be wise. When should this take place? Anytime other than the man wake. All right? Um, um, it may mean you and I having to get up a few minutes earlier. It may mean if we have an hour for lunch, it may mean sacrificing some time. You know, it really, I may get in trouble for saying this, but it really doesn't matter when we do it. What is important? That we do it. I find that doing it at the start of the day is usually more helpful in getting me through the day. 
having my devotions at night, and, and, and there's a lot of, my wife will tell you, I have the gift of sleep. And so for me, doing my devotions, having my quiet time in the evening, I'm going to wake up with the Bible on my chest. So, so find that time. Um, but, but, but according to this, you want to be successful? I know what your answer is, yes. But according to this, if I'm grounded in the Word of God, I'm going to be able to act wisely. David knew who King Saul was. David knew what King Saul was about, and yet he was able to still function at a very high level, at a very national level, in spite of who King Saul was and what King Saul was trying to do to him. He was able to behave himself more wisely than anyone else. Can I ask you a question? What if they said that about you and I on the job? What if they said that about you and I at school, young people? What if they were to say that Patrick was uh, behaved himself more wisely than all around him, uh, in the, wherever? According to that, I would have found success, and God would make my way prosperous. Listen to Psalm 1 as, as we try to close. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk, uh, you know it, right? Who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. Verse 2 starts out with a word of contrast. But, it says, but his delight is where? In the law of the Lord, and on God's law he does what? Remember the word growl? He meditates how often? He will be like a tree planted by streams of water, etc., etc., etc. Listen to what Psalm 119 says. Psalm 119 verse 5 says, sorry, Psalm 119 verse 15. The psalmist says, I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I will, I will, I will, I will take your word and I will take it in and I'll bring it back up and chew it on it some more and swallow it and I'll bring it back up and I'll chew it some more and I'll swallow it, Brother Paul, and bring it back up. How am I on? Three or four. And you get the picture. That's meditating through the day. We always talk bad about the Pharisees, but they had something going on. They had these little things called phylacteries. Little leather boxes they would tie to their hands with, with the scripture of the day in it. That was the purpose for it. So that they would keep their eyes focused on God's law all through the day. Second Timothy 2.15 Again, those of you who spend any time in church will know this one by heart. But it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed because he's able to accurately handle the word of truth. Does that sound like meditating? Does that sound like growling over God's word? Paul in his letter to Titus, he says, Titus, you need to be able to know what sound doctrine is and be able to refute those who contradict. 
there are a couple of um, there are a couple of uh, well, there's not a couple. There's, there's a lot of junk on television that we've been watching lately, haven't we? There's one in particular that's kind of caught my attention. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it, but I'll just say it. It's called Preachers of L.A. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, the most absolutely ridiculous bunch of rubbish I've ever seen. Well, what bothers me so much is we in churchdom see it, and some of us are going to say, wow, they're successful. We, we see and hear some of the others on television and on radio, we say, wow, they're successful. We see people in churchdom and, and they got a lot of money and we say, wow, they're successful. We, we, we see people in churchdom and they're wearing a nice pair of shoes and they're dressed right to the nines and looking all spiffy and we say what? Wow, that person's successful. And in and of themselves, there's absolutely nothing wrong with those things. There's, uh, there's nothing wrong with being with having a lot of money. If you know anybody who's giving away some, I'm looking for it. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with dressing nice. There's nothing wrong with looking nice. There's nothing wrong with living in a nice house. But if we say that person is successful because of those things, we're wrong. We're dead wrong. And I find a lot of times this attitude grows or has found a home right in the church. You know how many people are afraid to come to church because I got to wear the same thing next Sunday? It's that mindset. And, G and God is saying to us, through his dialogue with Joshua, be strong, be very courageous. Meditate on my word. Don't turn to the right, don't turn to the left. But meditate on it. Growl over it. And then you will find success. As a matter of fact, maybe we should stop using the word success. He says, then you will be able to walk. You ever been in a difficult situation? And you're like, oh, what should I do? What should I? Came and got, I came and dial a friend. What do I do? And usually, the word of the God is the, the word of God is usually the last, the last thing we run to. I wonder what God has to say about it. Dating? You think God may have something to say about dating in His Word? Every single person in here should be saying, yes, praise God. <laughs> how to raise children. Do you think the Word of God has anything in there that will teach me how to raise children? <laughs> how about living with my wife? Amen. And I don't mean to make light of it, but you know how often we, we run to our own, we run to our own resources. And I don't mean to pick, and maybe I'm preaching to the choir, so forgive me. And maybe you heard it before, God has you here to hear it again. I don't know, maybe this message is just for me. But let me tell you something. I am guaranteed success, ladies and gentlemen, when I study God's Word. Let me 
it's going to take more. It's going to take so much more than just waiting for next Sunday morning at 9.30 to get in Sunday school. It's going to take more than waiting for Wednesday night and holding on between Sunday and Wednesday night to get to discovery or small group or whatever it is. It's going to take you and I consistently, steadily, with the dogged determination to make sure that we consider, we consult God's face, hearing His Word for ourselves. There's no other way. Well, some of you say, well, I got, I got the audio on Bible. Great, praise God. I listen to it on CD. Great, praise God. Keep going. Keep doing And the more you listen to it, He's going to give you that insatiable attitude to want more. But there are some of us who, quite frankly, are slunking. I don't know if I can use that word. The church is faced with the awesome task of choosing a new senior pastor. Do you think God's word would help us to act wisely? Do you think? We could have our list of criteria, and he could meet all of the criteria, but this should hold all the weight. Shouldn't it? Mm-hmm. You think God's word may tell me, young people, about where I should choose for college? You won't ever know if you don't open it. <laughs> you won't. May we be like Joshua. And not only be strong, but be very courageous. God has made some promises. He says, I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. I won't fail you. My promises are true. I am not like a man that I would lie. There's so many promises that he's made to us in this book. Another passage he says in Matthew, he says, um, uh, consider the sparrows. He said they're worth pennies. And he says you are much more valuable than a bunch of pennies, a bunch of sparrows. In another passage, he says, I know the number of hair on your head. In another passage, he says, I am intimately acquainted with you. But if you don't know that, if you haven't encountered that God who wants to be intimately acquainted with us, let me get up and get us out of here. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and And very courageous. Whatever it is God has commanded you to do, do it. But do it based on the strength and the courage that God's word provides. That won't fail. He promises he will not leave us. He will not forsake us. Shall we pray? God, I'm not... I'm not confident in the fact that Your word has been clearly taught. But I am confident that whenever your word is opened, that it will accomplish that which you set it out to do. Thank you for the reminder, dear God, that it has absolutely nothing to do with me, but your word. God, as we leave here this afternoon, there will be some of us who will make an attempt to open your word and to begin the process of meditating, of putting your word in our mouth. 
Oh God, I ask that you would give us courage. There will be distractions. There will be things to hinder us. But oh God, as we seek to know you, may you let yourself be known. As we seek you, may you let yourself be found. Go with us. Teach us. Instruct us in how we are to act and behave wisely. Grant us, Lord, your grace to be successful in your eyes. Father, for your honor and your great glory, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.